0: All right, welcome to the Productivityist podcast. I am Mike Vardy of Productivityist, and with me this week is Paul Jarvis.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy!
0: Now, Paul, you've got your own podcast. Are you like? Are you on? You're on. Uh, is season two started yet?
1: No, season two starts in January. We set it up kind of like a TV show, week so we can have long breaks in between, which is good.
0: So you take like five breaks during the seasons that they do now. I think it's the way TV shows used to work. Now it's like. You know, okay, it's time for the mid-mid-season break. And then the mid-mid-mid-season break.
1: Exactly. That's actually why I like Walking Dead, because it just kind of, they play all the episodes back to back to back to back. It's a short season, but you get it all in like 10, 12 weeks. That's kind of how the pod, our podcast works, Invisible Office Hours, is it's, it runs every single week until the season's done, then stops for a few months. Then people forget about us, then maybe some people <laughs> will listen to the next one.
0: <laughs> now, as for uh, Walking Dead, by the way, I've never watched Not a single episode. Ooh, zombies. I know a lot of people are like, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people uh, basically have said, you know, hey, this is is something you got to watch. But no, I just haven't been able to get into it. Same with Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah, another one. But anyway, let's not. We don't want to talk about TV. I want to talk a little bit about. First off, for those who don't know you, you I mean you're a writer. You're a web designer. You're creative. Would that be the best way to put it? You know, you're. you're yeah,
1: a, yeah. I, I also teach classes now on the interweb. Yeah, what's the new the new course? You've got the new course out there now, right? The new course is for freelancers to do better at freelancing. It's called the Creative Class, and mm-hmm. it's the I o
0: Right. Gotcha um so yeah. uh so i want to talk a bit about we 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 basically have coffee what like once a month now at this point we kind of it's a standing
1: we, mandate yeah, yeah we have a standing because
0: most people don't realize and we've talked about i know we've talked about this before but that that where we live there's not a lot of people that like kind of can fly under a bit under the radar in our town but then on the internet you know we do a lot more stuff you know what i mean yeah um but i want to talk about where you're at in terms of your growth and your career and stuff like that. Because as of late, I've been really spending time trying to build productivity up. And it's, you know, like I'm going through the incorporation process right now, which you've done, right? Like you're, you're a full on company, yeah. Right? yeah. So you, you've done this, you and and i want to kind of dive into the importance of getting this is like a different kind of front end work right like this is yeah. this is the stuff that most people are just like yeah i'll get to it later i'll get to it later um when did you realize that you kind of said oh you know what this thing is and not just for the web design stuff cuz i know you've been doing that for a while but like and you're a an, you're a musician too so you've I mean, you've got a lot of hats like when did you kind of say you know what? we need to i need to sit back and say okay let's get this set up in a way that i can continue to do the thing i love to do without worrying about you know admin all over the place
1: yeah it, <laughs> i sound old it was in the 90s i incorporated <laughs> in the 90s mm-hmm. and that was basically i talked to um some i think it was 99 it wasn't like 91 or anything when i was in high school but mm-hmm. it was i think 99 but yeah so basically some money person told me that It's better, especially in Canada, I don't know about in the States, but if you're making over 50k a year, it -hmm. makes sense to incorporate. And then as well, if you deal mostly with out of country contracts, which I know you're going through as well, it's better to incorporate because you can separate your business and your personal finances and expenses, but as well. Your business now becomes its own entity, which sounds weird. It seems weird, right? Like your business is kind of a person as far as the government goes, which just kind of talks to how weird the government is and how screwed up that is. But it's also good, like if I get sued, it would be my company that gets sued and it would be my company that's on the line, not just me personally. And especially when I'm dealing with cross border clients, all my clients are American, it's just easier. And as well, there are a bit of tax breaks when yeah. you're incorporated and you start to make decent money, if you keep the money in your company, it works out a lot better because basically I pay myself as little as possible, so my personal taxes are low, I invest all of my money in my corporation, so I get to make money off of interest and stuff, and then it works out, my accountant at least says, it works out that I end up being able to keep more of my money and not having to give it to the government.
0: Right. Now, And you decided to do this a long time ago. Like this was something that you said, you know, I want this stuff out of the way so I could focus on, you know, my art, my craft, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think I did about a year of just being a sole proprietor. And then I, I figured, yeah, I need to get this sorted out. And then I don't want to deal with it anymore. Like basically all of the systems in my business I set up. So all I have to worry about is making my clients happy and doing work. Everything else, I, I, as automated as I can make it or as much as I can push it off to bookkeepers, accountants, lawyers, any of that, it does cost money. But I'm better at making money than I am at managing those kind of systems. So I'd rather focus on the, the doing the work, making the money, and get those other people to do it. And it doesn't end up costing that much either.
0: Right, right. Now 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 that you've got all that out of the way and I wanna talk a little bit about this because this is something I did this past week. Uh the reason we're talking about this is is that um I know uh one of the reasons as you said that I'm doing a lot of business stateside, which I do, uh is that I was supposed to go away uh to the US at the beginning of last week. But that didn't happen. Um, mainly because of just the way that things were lined up. It just didn't work out. And so I had two days that I could have just, you know, made myself available to coaching clients and stuff, but I decided, you know what? No, I'm gonna take these two days and just map out my next year. Because I need to do that. How early in advance do you kind of say, you know, I want to know what next year is going to look like? When do you start doing that?
1: I have to plan pretty far in advance just because I'm like for web design and yeah. to five, six months in advance. So I know my life that far in advance. And then typically the way that I kind of work it is I know how much I need to make in a 12 month period, my year end starts and finishes on September 30th. So it's not the same as most tax seasons that end in, um, April. But so I basically figure out how much I need to make that year. And then I book web design enough to cover most of it. And then, so I'll do six months of web design for clients that book. I can book that, Pretty much in a few weeks for the entire year and then the rest of the year I focus on writing books, making courses, hanging out, How many? How many?
0: How many products do you build a year, would you say? Or or like how how many did you start now and what's the – like where do you think it's going to be like, okay, and then this is the max I'll do? Yeah, right
1: now it's um, two and I was doing one a year for a while. And the way that I kind of worked it out is I, I I kept my income streams completely separate. So when I started writing, I figured, okay, I want to see if I can make a go at writing and make money doing it. So all the money that I made from books and writing gigs and that sort of stuff, I kept separate in a spreadsheet from my design. So I could see, okay, I'm making more money doing writing. I can scale back design. So in the beginning, I was only doing maybe a month off a year of web design clients so I could focus on writing. Now I'm kind of like 50-50 I mean, like six months of web design, six months of writing and courses, which has allowed me to get two products out this year. I launched the Good Creative a Book and Audio Book earlier this year, and then I launched my course, the Creative Class, a couple weeks ago.
0: And when's the next big project that you've kind of... You've probably already slated 2015 already in, in terms of the two that you really want to work on?
1: Well, I got another course coming out with um, Jason Surfer App on writing books, but then the next 6 I'm I'm getting into the web design cycle. Yeah. So I've got about 6 months of web design and I haven't figured out what I want to do next. And for products and that, I tend to figure them out better when it's happening like as soon as I finish my last web design client. Then I can kind of think about it because otherwise, if I thought about it now, I might have a great idea. And then six months from now, I think like wah wah. Yeah,
0: no, no, (laughs) no. no, It's true, and it's it's like that idea of you know Stephen King saying you know you write the novel and you put it in a drawer for three months and you come back to it and it's either you know you have a whole different perspective with which to look at it through, right? Yeah. Um, um, You're working with Jason now, so you're doing some collaborative stuff. Is that going to change the way that you develop stuff? I mean, I'm working with some people as well, and and I think that that. The temptation is to go, well, if I'm working with somebody else and I can make more things now because I'm only doing, you know, half the work. But I think that that's a fallacy.
1: Yeah, it ends up being just as involved because a lot of times like when I, and I don't really work well with other people. Jason is uh an anomaly there because him and I work really well but so the reason we, we tend to throw, really...
0: we actually tend to throw coffee at each other by the time we're done our mandates and then we just oh, go Oh, back
1: exactly. We... <laughs> there's there's like stomping and tantrums and all that sort of stuff. I'm, so... not, I'm
0: not going to hang out with you guys. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think the when partnerships really work with business is when both parties are very different. So what Jason brings to the table is so different than what I bring to the table. We both end up working the same amount but the end result is like twice as good. So I still have to put in the same amount of work, but the end result of the product is so much better because it's got two brains instead of one. Right. Or in our case, it's like 0. 0.75 each. So we get a, like a 1.5 brain <laughs> instead of one brain.
0: Now, you're, you're still doing the music, right? You still you still dabble in that?
1: Yeah, not as much. And even with the, the music thing, we ended up starting our own rock- record label for the band so we could keep all the books straight. And so all we needed to focus on was the music recording and touring and that sort of thing. So even in that side of things, most bands don't start a record label to deal with the, the business side of things or the accounting side of things, but we did and it ended up working out a lot better for us because we could keep track of stuff a lot more easy easily.
0: Now, you are essentially, and I'm not going to say one-man operation, but I mean... You've got, I mean, again, starting a record label instead of saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's bust our asses and and get signed." Uh, you know, the good creative. Let's write a let's l- write this book uh, or a book proposal and send it off to publishers and see if I can get published. You're at a point now where you probably could. Um, why did you make that choice pr- before? in you mean you've written a, a bunch of stuff before it was really the the new hotness to do. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, for the band, we turned down, I think, three record deals just because the bandmates and I, it's my wife and I that basically run the band. We both know contracts mm-hmm. and record label contracts sucks. We were like, we can do this better. Same with uh, books. I've talked to quite a few book publishers that were like, oh, we're, we're really good. We, we pay our artists really well. It's like, how much? It's like 12%. Like, eh. So yeah. I don't know. I kind of. Always just, I would rather just give myself permission to do whatever I want than to wait and try to get permission from somebody else from the record industry or from the book publishing industry or from anybody else. I have more fun when I get to call the shots and when I get to do things the way that I want to do them. So I just always like that. And then I can do things like run contests where I give away adopted llamas. And like no book (laughs) publisher would let me do that, but I can, so I do.
0: Well, and the other thing is it does, I mean, there's the, one of the things I was uh, talking to somebody about is like, well, if you get a book deal, then you'll have, you know, the, there's a cachet attached to it. And, and I said, yeah, there is. Uh, and, and believe me, I mean, there's uh, if a book deal came my way, I, I'd look at it. I've been published uh, through a through publisher before, but there is, there's that freedom. And, and again, I mean, uh, as we're talking about this, I mean, I released uh, my little mini book, a 23 essay book and it, I just decided I'm going to put it out there, and I could price it the way I wanted, and I could deliver it the way I wanted, and I didn't even deliver it to much fanfare, and to see number one next to it was great. I didn't need a publisher to do that. Uh, Now, that may help me get a publisher later if I really want, right? And I think that that's, that's worth noting.
1: But, yeah, but and I, a lot of a lot of times these people come to you and you don't need them.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. You
1: you don't. You're never going to get a record deal unless you're doing so well that record companies take notice, and that same with book publishers. They want a piece of the pie.
0: They want you know, and, and that's I mean. It, it's funny. One of the things that I thought about during this whole process of incorporation and going down to the the states and all that is like, oh well, you know, if I get a book deal, the publisher will sponsor all that stuff. I can go to book tours. You can do book tours in the U.S. even if you're you're Canadian. You just aren't getting paid, so it's fine for mm-hmm. a visitor. But I don't want to necessarily. <laughs> um, and this may this may <laughs> this may hurt any chances of a publishing. Deal, but I don't really care. I don't necessarily want to go to every single city that's on a book tour that i want to pick those dates do you know what i mean and i want to pick those yeah. places and and you you're giving up control and when you give up control to certain things you also are giving up some of the awareness and some of the the you you're actually handing over some of the importance and 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 creating more urgency around things which can actually lead and this leads back to like productivity to a certain extent it actually can impact your productivity because all of a sudden you're letting somebody else in that has other interests or other ideas in mind that may not be totally aligned with yours.
1: Exactly. And they could get you to do work that may not be of of your best interest. Like even like talking to some publishers and I can say this cause I don't give a shit about getting a publishing <laughs> deal. I felt like I should have been charging for consulting when I was mm. talking to these publishers because they just didn't know how to put books out now. And I know people that have like, top, like, big five publishing deals where their books don't do anything because they're thinking their publisher's going to promote it. The publisher's telling them, like, you got to promote this, and everybody's throwing their hands up, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Same with record deals. Like, you can sign a record deal and get shelved, yeah. like, indefinitely, and they, they own that. They own your album or they own your, your ability to, like, record music, and you just get shelved because it's not the right time for the market. So your band basically well- gets thrown in the toilet. Well,
0: that's just it. Like right now, NaNoWriMo is going on, and I'm working on my the follow-up to the front nine as part of it just because there's nice. a framework there that can kind of let me do it. And I finally, and again, that Monday and Tuesday I took off last week to sit back and go, okay, what, what do I want to do? And the book that I was going to write is not the book I'm writing now. It completely changed because I took a step back. And, but the thing is, is that if I was to get a publishing deal for it, and I'm not saying that it's not on the table. I'm just saying if I was, I don't get to decide when that book comes out. So exactly. if I wanted to release it before the end of the year, like January when people are gonna need it, I can do that on my own if I have all my ducks in a row. But if I go through a publisher, it's not coming out till twenty sixteen. And by yeah. then and by then somebody else could have written a book that comes along and answers the same questions or or, or provides solutions that I'm trying to offer. Um it may not be worth it. Plus, and this is, again, getting into licensing and all that stuff. What if I want to make it more than the book? What if you want to take the good creative? Like you've done the good creative and you've got the creative class. And I mean, what if you want to branch out? If you basically sell that to a, a publisher or, or what have you, um, it's theirs. You can't say, well, you know what? I want to make a, a, a workbook or I want to do a conference associated with it. Oh, no, we own the rights to that. What do you mean you on the you know I mean so you have to be very very careful and the reason all these questions are coming up for me right now is that uh, you know you I'm putting my big boy pants on now more than ever before <laughs> because you know I mean the business has grown um and I think that a lot of people they kind of just let the things happen to them and you need to kind of say whoa like you need to put you know put the brakes on a bit and go okay I want to future proof things a bit right now and yeah. now is the time I mean because you know, we're heading into holiday season, we're heading to busy time. I mean, we're already gonna be overwhelmed enough with a lot of the other stuff that's going on year end, all that. Why not like just say, Okay, you know what, if this stuff's happening, let's let's start future proofing. We're going into a new year anyway, so let's start future proofing for the year ahead, which is why, you know, I have a meeting with the accountant and a meeting with a lawyer and all that now. And then, you know, yeah. it was funny. They were talking about year end. My account's like, well, when do you want the year end to be? I'm like, end of August. He's like, well, September's not. I'm like, September is a good time of year for people to start asking for productivity stuff because historically school starts. It becomes a first of the year for a lot of people. Yeah, and, exactly. In the summer, I don't do any major projects anyway. So I have June and July or July and August to basically like wrap up the year. So you but all that takes is, is, is the wherewithal and the awareness to step back and go, all right where do I want this to go? And how do I make sure that I can have as much control over it as possible? Because that's the thing that when you give up control, then you're giving up more than what you think initially with stuff like this.
1: Exactly. And that's kind of the way that business there's always the business person trying to trade um, an artist or a creative, either money or exposure for control. And it's always a like, is this worth it or not? And does this align with the the reason why you started whatever you're doing in the first place? Does this still line up? Like if it's just to make money, then whatever you need to do to make that money, go for it. If yeah, it's absolutely. more than that, which for a lot of creative people, it is actually more than that, then maybe it is like selling yourself short. If you just if you take like a short term gain instead of thinking long term, I mean, I've always thought long, because I've been doing this for almost 20 years, like, I'm kind of playing the long game, whereas a lot of people are just getting into freelancing or working for themselves. And it's a couple months, and they can see like, oh, if I just do this one little thing, then I'll be this much farther ahead. But then it could screw you over with your audience or with with something else, like a year down the line or two years down the line. And that's why having especially the business system set up, as soon as possible makes the most sense because then you're like you said future proofing the way that things work
0: but yeah that's just and and your company lives beyond you anyways like you said it's an entity I mean mm-hmm. the reason you incorporate is so that you have – it's almost like a legacy to a certain extent. And the question is what yeah. kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Do you want to leave behind – le- and, and it's funny. One of the creatives I've talked to – I have a lot of screenwriter friends from back when I worked in you know the comedy spec yeah. and all that stuff. Same thing with joke writers. I mean they will – they still find a way to make money – Doing that thing, but there's there's the art they won't let go of like so for example, let's talk about like screenwriters. I know lots of screenwriters that write scripts that they know will never get made into movies, but yeah. they'll get optioned, and when they get optioned, they get paid and they'll sit yeah. they'll sit there for years, and then the movie won't get made and then it'll revert back to the author and then the author the screenwriter and the screenwriter will shop it around again and boom oh, it'll <laughs> sell again and that's there are there are screenwriters that make a living doing just that. Yeah, And that's the thing is, is, is that there are some that do make a living doing just that. And that's what they do to support themselves. But then they're working on their seminal work or their big project that they really want to make sure that, that they, they, maybe they're writing their novel. Stephen Pressfield is a great example. Pressfield was a screenwriter and he turned into a novelist and and the novels that he's written, he's written Legend of Bagger Vance. He's written, uh, you know, a bunch of like historical works, but what do we know him probably best for? The War of Art. Right, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is totally a departure from what he initially was known for. So was that the thing he really wanted to do? I don't know. Did he want to just sell more books and make money and and nonfiction seemed like a place he could do it in? Possibly. I mean, Twila Tharp's The Creative Habit. Twila's a dancer. (laughs) You know I mean? But there are some definite lessons in that book that you could apply across the board. So I think that, yeah, I mean, you get to a point where... Why are we doing all of the, I guess, why are you putting the systems in place in the first place? Like, why are you setting up a task manager? Why are you setting up the books? Why, first off, like, should you? Yes. Well, what should you? Okay, great. Now, why? Well, I'm doing it because I want to make money. Well, then, you know, there's lots of things you could do. I'm doing it to support my craft, support my art. Oh, okay, well, then you're going to want to make sure that you have other things lined up, like, you know, your web design, for example, for you, and grow mm-hmm. that. Or you're going to do some freelance writing or some ghost writing like I did for a a number of years so that you can build that business on the side. Because like you said, you do – I do the every eight weeks. I'm taking a week off to just do professional development work. You take six months, do all your web work, and then you're done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think a
1: lot of it comes down to, especially, I've seen this, I feel like old man internet, (laughs) like the younger generation. That's the name of the the episode, by the way.
0: The name of the episode is now called Old Man Internet with Paul Jarvis. Old Man Internet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just, I see so many people that feel like they're entitled to just do work that they love. And like look, look at myself like i there's so many times where i just I do work because it it pays well, yep, and that's fine, and a lot of it is just it's not like I'm not gonna be I'm vegan, so I'm not gonna do like a site for a butcher or I'm environmental, so I'm not gonna do like an oil and gas website, but some other stuff like I'll just take on because it's it's good money, I like the people I like doing the work, and I don't feel like I'm better than than any of these jobs, and then it let it opens me up to be able to do the stuff that I actually really want to do. And where I can actually build like new products or new books or new courses or that sort of thing. so I've always just kind of taken on work because it's sometimes it's good money sometimes it's sometimes it's just things that pay the bills and I have absolutely no problem with that. I don't feel like it's it's beneath me <laughs> to take on projects like that
0: well and and the thing is you're also fostering the other side, which makes it more worthwhile to do it. Do you know what I mean like a lot of people yeah. will be like, you know I, they do the thing they don't want to do, and they do more of that thing than the thing that they want to do and that's when things get out of whack
1: you yeah. balanced it quite nicely just
0: yeah you do <laughs> i mean there are things where and it's funny we were talking about this you know when you're setting up a corporation it's like you know okay well there's share classes and all that and i'm like yeah that's great you know well, we'll i mean i'm gonna look into this obviously but there you get to a point where I mean, we've always lived fairly modestly, my my family, you know, I mean, we started out when I was doing this, you know, I wasn't making much money, I'm making more now, but we don't live, I think you have to, if you want to support the work you love, and you want to be able to continue to do it, then you make sure that you put systems in place that allows you to and that would include your lifestyle, like, hey, I'm not going to go out and eat dinner every night. At at a restaurant, I'm going to, you know, we're going to do, we're going to grow food in our yard. Like you have to, you have to set up protocols so that you think, like you said, long tail, you you future proof it so that at the end of the day, you're like, all right, you know what? We, we made, you know, X amount of dollars per year and the company's got a lot more money there. So the company will continue. Oh, we need to have a bit more money this year. We want to go, okay, fine. We, you know, there you go. Here's a bonus for all the hard work you put in. So that's what that's built for. And that's why. it really frustrates me when people say, you know, I don't understand how you can do what you do, um, and it's not because of the thing I do; it's because of how do I manage to live, and how to, I'm like, well, we don't, you know, we have a 2002 Ford Focus. Yeah, know? exactly. We 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 had a renter in our basement for ten years. You know, yeah. I mean, you do things that you need to do in order to be able to live. The way you want to live. And I could tell you, my wife and I've had this conversation many times. If I was still at Costco, as much as I love the company, it wasn't for me by the time I left. We wouldn't be together, you know, because I was not a fun person to be around. I was making more money back then. Yeah. Not, not, I think we, I've evened out now, but I was making more money, but it was just, it wasn't the right fit. And the right fit is what you need in order to do the right thing.
1: Exactly. And I think there's kind of a misconception on the internet. Like all these people that whose names other people have heard of, like, oh, they must be like making gazillions of dollars and driving their like nah. Tesla roadsters and stuff like that. And, like we all live pretty modest lives. Like we yeah, don't don't do that much. We don't have like crazy houses or like fancy cars. We just live within our means because it means we get to keep doing more of what we love to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and, and we get to do it on our terms. And that's the thing is that most people, if you, if you can live and work on your terms, that that's a sweet spot that a lot of people, and it's more achievable than you think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but you have to put something in place, whether it's, you know, the framework of a business model, the framework of a task management model project, whatever, or all those things combined, but you need to have that workflow there so that you can say, okay, you know what, what do I do next so that I can do the thing I really want to do?
1: Yeah. um, Chris Brogan has his uh, monthly oh shit number where he knows he needs to make a certain amount of money to cover like mortgage and putting his kids through school and all of that. And then anything past that, he can work on the things he wants. But until then, he's hustling like a dog. And a lot of us kind of do the same where it's like, we know what we need to make to live our modest lives, mm-hmm. and then past that, we can, do, we can experiment a bit more. And that's really what – like when I take six months off a year, it's not like – I'm not taking six months off to sit on a beach. I'm taking six months off to work on new things that could make me money, but I'm not 100% sure they will, so I experiment with them.
0: Yeah, you, well, you need the time. Again, what's that – I mean I've talked about this a number of times, and I, you, I think you and I have even chatted. That John Cleese uh, adage, you know, in order to be truly creative, you need two things, time and space. Yeah, that exactly. six months is a lot of time and space because it gives you the chance to really experiment and, and develop and iterate, whereas if you're just trying to push stuff out the door as quickly as possible, you know that the quality is, is, is not going to be as as refined as something that you get to foster and develop over an extended period of time because you're not – your brain gets the opportunity to you know realize its fullest potential because you're giving it that space. You're giving it that time.
1: Exactly, and you can you can spend more time focusing
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on
1: each of the things you're doing. Exactly,
0: exactly. exactly. Well, Paul, I'm going to let you go. We went on. uh, This is great, though. though. Um, So, uh, where can people find you on the internet when you're not uh, hanging out with me, having coffee, occasionally throwing coffee at me? Which is again, that's we should get that, that. We'll do a vine of that at some point, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs)
1: nice i am pjrvs on the twitter and pjrvs.com and or more easily just search paul jarvis on google the first page is me and some cricketer i'm not the cricketer
0: yeah i'm i'm the for me it's uh it's me and then a british director those are the two we i think we each have our our own other person on the internet that has their own thing that they do that they're known for Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Uh, Paul, thanks for taking the time to – and I'll see you. I guess I'll see you in a couple weeks at the coffee shop. Exactly. (laughs) Take care, buddy. (laughs) Cheers, (laughs)
1: man.